The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of me and or my ma, and we do not mean to offend. Warning, most names have been changed, dates might be a bit off, and general facts might be a bit exaggerated. So if you're picky, this might not be for you, because the point is, is that it's a good story. This is episode 11 from season 1, Ma and that asshole at Indian Affairs, which originally aired May 18th, 2019. I would like to thank our sponsor, Moccasin Joe Coffee, an Indigenous-owned and operated company out of Ganesadage, and Canada Council for the Arts for making season 2 possible. So this takes place just after that good old 1990 Oka crisis. You know, that old thing. I mean, if you've listened to Ma Gets Fired Part 2 or Episode 9, the police brutality episode, I touch on what it was like post-1990 crisis for us as a family. It was fucking hard, okay? Tough times. Not just for my family, but for us as a whole nation. And people, like, super hated us Mohawks, which I totally don't understand why, because we're, like, super beast. (laughs) Uh, See, that's exactly why. So, for this story... Ma was working at Indian Affairs in like 1991 or 1992. If you're keeping track of her timeline of life, this would be after she won her case against Indian Affairs, who tried to fire her for not showing up for work because she was surrounded by the Canadian Army. Anywho, I'm just trying to get you all on track, okay? So in this story, she's back at work, and I remember this as being a pretty dark time in my little kiddo brain. Basically, me wailing around for my ma in my dada's front room in Ganawage. Meanwhile, my ma, my poor ma, was sleeping in her car in the basement of Indian Affairs in Ottawa slash Hull. Anyways, here we go. Let's just hear about ma and that asshole from Indian Affairs. Okay, the story about um, what happened after 1990 was that we were, I was fired from my Yeah, and that's, that's in a previous, that's, yes. we talk about that in a previous episode where you talk about being fired. Yes. So this is right after that? Yes. Uh, well, right after uh, we were in court for a long time. Mm-hmm. But I started to, um, I had uh, taken action against uh, Ron and what is and he? he was in the uh, IAB, which is the Internal Audit Branch. And uh, I had taken an action against Indian Affairs for firing me mm-hmm. and charging racism. And anyway, I won the case. Oh, yeah. So they, so I went back to work. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we were living here on top of a cigarette store. Mm-hmm. And it was very small, and everything was just jammed in there. We didn't even have a stove. Oh, yeah. Do you remember that? (laughs) Kind of. I just remember. All I had was a a microwave, microwave, yeah. Yeah. And people would come, and they'd say, you know, there's something missing here. (laughs) I don't know what it is. (laughs) A stove? (laughs) Anyway, so um, I decided to go back to work. Mm -hmm. Because we're on welfare, right? Yeah. 
we were on we we had been on welfare for for quite a while mm-hmm. and it was really tough because you couldn't get anything you couldn't do anything outside of uh, they would cut your welfare off what do you, you mean you know like i i couldn't sneak a job you know oh. they were watching me so closely yeah but i'll never forget the time we were we were moving from Ottawa to here, and I had this great big truck full of my stuff. And uh, anyway, I noticed uh, that there was a helicopter flying over me, over us, the, mm. the truck that was coming in. And uh, I had asked uh, Lasagna to help me. He mm-hmm. said, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll unload, because it had to go up one flight. So him and a bunch of guys... And that helicopter f- hovered over us, where where we While had we're moved. Moving in? Yeah, when we were moving in. Anyway, so that's just another story. So, so then after I won the case against Indian Affairs, mm-hmm. I um, went back to work. But they said they had no job. I said you have to give me a job now. Mm-hmm. So they put me in the internal audit branch. That sounds so boring. It is. What the hell does that even mean? Well, I just auditing. I guess they watch money being spent, or they figure out how to spend our money. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so I got into that branch, and they didn't really give me that much to do. I had stuff to look at, piles mm-hmm. of things, and I was reporting to this guy, Ron. And every morning, Ronald would ask me to come into his office, mm-hmm. and then he would say the most horrible things. What would he say? Well, he was very uh, anti-Mohawk. Of course, this was after 1990, so he really had some nasty things to say. Like what? Well, I'll just give you one example. He'd say things like, uh, you know what? He says, I don't understand how our people came over from Europe, just a f- handful and we were able to defeat the whole Mohawk nation. And he says, my goodness, he says, our guys sure had balls about this big, and he demonstrated it to me, put his hand there. That's the kind of stuff he was mm-hmm. talking to me about. And I would just sit there. I didn't say anything. And I would excuse myself. I said, I have to get back to work. So he would do that all the time. And uh, he'd laugh about it. Then one day, I was standing outside talking to Maurice, a a native guy. Mm -hmm. And he comes over, oh, hello, you know. And uh, Maurice was saying, oh, my God, that residential school is really coming to a head. It looks like there's going to, there was a lot of stuff in the newspapers about what had happened to us. And, and, uh. Maurice uh, said, you know, he says, I was, I was one of them that went, went there, and I said, I know what happened. Mm-hmm. So anyway, Ron's listening. He says, oh, I don't know what you people are complaining about. He says, those kids never had love and affection like they got from at residential school. Oh, my God. He says, they loved it. They enjoyed it, he said. And then... Maurice looked at him and he says, that's pretty disgusting. And he said, you know, he says, I went to residential school. What a piece and of And he shit. laughed. He laughed at us. Who the fuck is this guy? 
Is he still alive or is he dead? I think he's still around. But anyway, um, he was in the military. See, a lot of those people in Indian Affairs were in the military mm-hmm. because it's under the military. Mm-hmm. And then they get out and mm-hmm. then they get jobs mm-hmm. in Indian Affairs. But they also were getting jobs as teachers on mm-hmm. our reserves. Yeah. And we had some of those. So I I called the union. I had been writing down every single thing he said. Mm-hmm. And I called the union. And they told me to, to do that because they, they, we had been keeping track of this. But mm-hmm. up till then, there was no witness. So then he said, ask this man if he would vouch for you and sign and, and be your witness and, and sign something reiterating nice. exactly what he said. So I went, I saw Maurice. I said, you know, I said, that's horrible what he said. He said, I know. I said, would you be willing to stand by me and uh, vouch for me and be a witness for me? He says, I'd be glad to. Yeah. He wrote it all out, mm-hmm. and he signed it, and he gave it to me to give to the union. That's good. So anyway, when uh, Indian Affairs, uh, and in the meantime, Indian Affairs uh, decided, they had uh, appealed that decision. The uh, decision of what? Firing me. Oh, firing you, oh. Yes. Like they really wanted you out. When were you sleeping in the basement? When I went back there, I had no place to stay. Everybody I knew was fired. I mean, or was afraid to talk to us. Mm-hmm. And most of the Mohawks in the department were afraid. Well, they were not there, actually. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so I drove. Uh, what I would do is I uh, I would drive in, and I would go into the basement. Like the parking garage? Yeah, underneath uh, where the hotel was right next to, that's attached to Indian Affairs. Oh. And there's, there's 27 floors of Indian Affairs, mm-hmm. and then there's a there's a hotel, mm-hmm. and there's a big club there, you know, uh, with a pool and workout room and all that kind of stuff, and a restaurant. So I would go down in the basement, and I had pillows and everything, and I would lay across the back, and I would sleep. And then... This is when I was like eight or seven... Yeah, you were, like, yeah, you were like six. Oh, five. Yeah, five, yeah. Yeah, five years old. And uh, you were staying with Aunt Frances. Anyway, so, and uh, Ojisto was going to school at Miguel, and mm-hmm. Kahande was at UBC, and Wanique was uh, trying to get, oh, she was at... Uh, KSS? Yeah, KSS. So, you were the one that suffered the most neglect, actually. So, anyway... Um, so then I would go up, and I would uh, go and have a swim, mm-hmm. and I would work out, and then I'd have a nice breakfast, dress up, fix my makeup, my hair, dress up, and uh, eat in the in the restaurant, and then I would go to work. So I did that every day. For how long? Was well, for quite a while, a couple of months. And then they appealed the decision? They appealed the decision. So I heard about it. So I went. I was so mad because the deputy minister at that time was bleep, bleep, from Gunawage. Oh, yeah. And I went down the escalator to the lobby. 
And there's these great big huge windows there. This is number 10 Wellington Street in, in Hall. That's where the building was. And he's standing there smoking a cigarette. And he's a short little guy. So I snuck up behind him. And I go right up to his... You son of a bitch! <laughs> and he turns around. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. I said, it was you. Of course it was you. Who else would do that? And he got so scared of me that he, he left. Mm -hmm. But that's what he did to me. I didn't tell anybody that I was sleeping in the in the garage. Yeah. I never told anybody that. I just did it. Mm. And... Uh, Anyway, Ron bleeped. Charges were made against him. Really? For what? Sexual harassment and racism. Wow. Sexual harassment to you? Yes. And racism for what he said? Well, in yes. front of you and that Maurice guy? Yes. And then, uh, at the pig. same... And then, huh? What a pig. Yes. And then, you know what? I won that case again. Oh, for you to not get fired? Yeah, I won it. Mm -hmm. And then they told me, the Department of Indian Affairs does not want you back. I said, well, that's too bad. I need a job. Mm -hmm. I have children. I'm going to have a grandchild, you know. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so they told me not to come back to work. So I stayed here. I started to build a house here, and, and uh, I had no job. I had no money. And they kept on... Uh, negotiating with me at that time and uh, I used to have three uh, clan mothers sit they would sit here and they would witness the negotiation and it was at uh, different ones you know but they would just sit there mm. and listen to everything they sent lawyers and all kinds of people here to try and talk me out of you know mm. exercising my right to go back and eventually, you know, they said, well, what do you want? Mm -hmm. I told them, I said, I said, well, I said, I want Ron Bleed to be fired. That's number one. I said, I want mm -hmm. him fired. So anyway, they finally came back with an offer that I took. I said, what about Ron? Well, it's supposed to go to adjudication, and you know, to a trial. And uh, do you want to do that? I said, I don't care about money, nothing. I want him, people like him, out of Indian Affairs. Mm -hmm. So they came back with an offer. They said, we will remove him to somewhere else. Mm -hmm. So then what? Anyway, so years later, I was at the powwow here in Ganawage, and... My cousin, Johnny Butt, he says, I got some news for you. I said, what? He says, I was at the Home Depot out in Canada. And he says, you know, I went, I was looking for something and and I had to get some help from this guy. And he's pushing one of those uh, big uh, stairs and yeah, yeah. had to climb way up to the top. And he says, and guess who it was? <gasps> I said, Who? He says, Ron... Holy shit. Oh, my God, Ma. <laughs> you didn't know, but he got fired. Wow. He did get rid of... They did get rid of him. 
then or maybe later. Well, you, you must have fucked up again too. If they, if you said they transferred him. Well, I don't know. They never told me what they did with yeah. him, but he wasn't at Indian Affairs. But I didn't. He Jenny Butt says he got fired. Oh yeah. Holy shit. So that's my story. I wonder if he's still at Home Depot. I wonder if they have. I want, and I kept wanting to go there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to go there one time, and I. You couldn't I, find I, it? I, I found it, but I couldn't get there because yeah. I'd drive this way, and there it was, and i drive that way, and I just couldn't get there. I said, what the heck, I'll try some other time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. That was like 25 years ago. Yes. What a pig to say that about the residence <laughs> school. That's what he said. It was awful to say, oh my God, I was so, I was... How do you not haul off and punch them? Like, honestly, how do you not punch people like that? It was very hard for me. But just coming from Oka, I couldn't do any, do do much. And I was fighting this uh, appeal, and he knew he had me. Mm -hmm. And Maurice. Poor Maurice. Did he do anything else when you were in his office? Just tell you weird stories and grab his balls. Stuff like that. A lot of stuff. I don't... I just... I wrote them all down and I sent them to Indian Affairs... To uh, oh. the union. Mm-hmm. And they helped me out with my appeal. That's why I did so... I did well. Mm-hmm. That's good. I can't believe he works at Home Depot. Or worked at Home Depot. Yeah, that was about... That's some poetic justice right there. <laughs> 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 For real. And, and Jenny Butt says, what are you going to do? Are you going to go over there? I said, yeah. I'm going to ask for something way up at the top. And then I'm going to change my mind when she <laughs> lugs it down. <laughs> but I never had a chance yeah. to do that. So probably I shouldn't have done it. It was enough for him to see me. He says, what are you going to say to him? I'd say, hi, Ron. How are you? Yeah. Can I that two by four? (laughs) (laughs) So, there you go. That's Ma and that asshole at Indian Affairs. And let's be real, though, I should have called it Ma and one of those fucking assholes at Indian Affairs, but that was kind of long. Anyways, don't you just want to scream when she talks about the comments he made about residential school victims? Or when he says just a few white folks came out here to Turtle Island and they managed to almost erase us all? I mean, easy now, buddy. We still here. (laughs) Sounds like the CBC comments section on articles that have anything to do with indigenous issues. Hey, you bored? or just need to get riled up for something, check that comment section out, or just go on Twitter. I mean, racism is alive and well in Canada, and boy, do some Canadians think we are so inconvenient. Okay, so hey, just to be clear, this story isn't shitting on the people who work at Home Depot, eh? They rule. I mean, shout out to the Home Depot peeps! But we all know for this guy... This was a huge demotion because obviously his ego was pumped and boosted by how many people he can boss around and get away with grabbing his most likely very teeny little small balls in front of. 
I think this story also shows what people have to put up with in the workplace on the daily grind of 9 to 5. The workplace office type setting has been a garbage space for most women and people of color and I send out all the love to the ladies and peeps that have had to put up with shit for all of eternity from this patriarchal colonial system where douches think they have the right to be gross pigs and abuse their power. God, I mean, can you fucking imagine working for Indian Affairs Canada? Sounds like you'd basically just be biting your tongue the whole time. I admire the sacrifice that a lot of Ungwehua people make working in these institutions in order to provide a stable upbringing for their kids. Working there even though it goes against literally everything they might be about. They gotta put food on the table, and sometimes they can be called sellouts, but you know what? My ma wasn't a sellout. She was just a single mom raising four daughters, and Indian Affairs was a place she could guarantee an income. They really hated her, though, because she was such a shit disturber. <laughs> Whatever, the world needs more shit disturbers. And it's made for great stories, right? I mean, right? Nyawankoa to my mom for sharing her stories and to all of you wonderful super beast listeners for stopping by and having some coffee with me and my mom Oh yeah, that's quieter. It's quieter. Close the door. Yeah, I know. Oh, it's snowing. Do you need anything else? Alright, tell me. What? Tell me your story. <laughs> Be careful. Are you alright? Yeah, I'm alright. Well, tough wait. it out, tough it out. Right, I'm good. Well, here. Put this here. You see my nice uh, antique table? I was telling them all on New Year's. I'm like, yeah, my mom like has like a hundred of them. Because <laughs> they were like $12 on one But you know that this is the handiest I know. size. So? I, and, and they get stolen from here. Whatever, I have to do <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think I left one at the cigarette store ready to work at. Yeah.